The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. We're also sponsored by collarandelbowbrand.com, where you can get 10% off when you use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. Also, we are in partnership with hypecityvapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape using promo code JKPODCAST. You can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. As always, I am Big Joe. And I am Carl Carafel. All right, Carl. Episode 103 here. There is quite a bit going on in the professional wrestling business, and a lot of it is actually pretty interesting and involves WWE of all companies. Yeah, it seems as though everything <clears throat> that we are going to be talking about today huh. seems to be about the WWE. It is WrestleMania season, and with WrestleMania season comes more talk, more discussions, and more things when it comes to matches, when it comes to reunions, when it comes to Hall of Fame inductions, and even when it comes to turnbuckle talk. Mm -hmm. Joe, do you want to elaborate a little bit on what is special with turnbuckle talk? Yeah, as of this week, we'll be debuting on a new network that we're actually going to tell you a little bit guys about. And we're going to have a special segment at the end of the episode where we'll kind of reveal what's going on. It's a very exciting, very, uh, we're, we're expanding out, Carl, to reach even more listeners. So it's very exciting yes. to, to, to share that with you guys at the end of the episode here. So let's get into our first topic here, Carl, this weekend. It's involving social media and the WWE. And this is a topic that I've looked into, and it, it has me really upset that this is kind of going on. And this is involving the feud with Ronda and Becky Lynch happening here. And it has me particularly upset because they're exposing some things in the business, and it's um, to the point where this, it needs to stop, more or less. Well, we, we need to kind of elaborate on that a little bit. Um, Becky Lynch, I think, is is trying to really kayfabe and do yeah. play that whole kind of, uh, you know, old school badass type of, of character, especially on social media. But then we have somebody who I consider still to be green in the business in Ronda Rousey yeah. and her kind of breaking that barrier and giving people a little bit of insight into things. And yeah, I, I don't agree with it either. Is it good for business? Is it something that WWE has said, go ahead and be yourself out there? What are your thoughts, Joe? The The big issue that, that I have is with her, you know, Becky's been trying to do damage control on this, but Rhonda is totally breaking the kayfabe. I even go as far as using uh, Becky's actual name, like her actual real life name, and just mentioning, you know, that you know, she doesn't need the, the job with WWE. You know, an, an interesting thing to look at, too, is um, Eli Drake put out a, a post on Twitter talking about, uh, you know, more or less kind of the situation and him saying, and when it comes to social media and the actual product being put out there, you know, a lot of this needs to be more kind of done on the shows and on TV and on on the pay-per-views and whatnot and not on social media because the money and the revenue and all the attention is gained on these shows, not on the social media. That's not where your bread and butter is. You can you can kind of maybe draw some people in, but your your main business is done on in the ring on the shows. 
and I, I think the, the mentality on this right now with the whole social media aspect is mm. that you get a lot of different places like ESPN and you get uh, TMZ and you get all of these different other news sites that are out there who will showcase different Twitter battles or different Facebook battles and stuff like that that are going on. Yep. So. Eli Drake, what he said, 100%, I agree with that. It should be done more on television itself and built that way and used in a way that it will now draw people in from the outside. And maybe they need to talk with, uh, you know, like CBS Sports and talk with, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, all these different other sports networks and talk with TMZ and talk with these, uh, you know, Variety and, and all these other companies that are that are showcasing the uh, social media aspects of it. And maybe talk to them and say, listen, we are going to give you the rights to use certain segments of our show. Showcase that. Give people the visual there instead of just showing them written stuff that has been going on. Uh, I think that that may have a little bit more of a profound effect on people, especially those who are outside of the world of professional wrestling or those who may even uh, not even watch professional wrestling, but kind of be seeing this and going, wow, holy crap. Like they just, they just gripped me right now with the visual that they've seen reading words that people have put out there. For some, yeah, it has a profound effect. For others, they don't care. They don't want to sit there and read through a whole bunch of back and forth on Twitter between two people. They want to see something. They Mm -hmm. want to be able to tangibly have in front of their face, their eyes seeing something. I think a couple of things things that need to be done with this i think number one you know especially with the wwe being a publicly traded company you know dealing with all the charities and and all that i think that somebody definitely needs to closely monitor the social media accounts of their talents number one and i think you know rewinding the clock to when we had jargo on the episode he had suggested that at the end of the show that they run credits so that we know, okay, you know, this is Colby Lopez as Seth Rollins, and this is Rebecca Quinn as as Becky Lynch. Make that distinction there, so that they can keep things separate. Okay, if they they want to post something in character, they post it in the Seth Rollins post. If they want to post something personal, then they post it in their personal thing. Make that clear distinction. Okay, this is a post from the person, and then this is a post from the character. While I totally agree with that aspect of it, we we really have to kind of draw a line when it comes to that too, though, because I understand everybody has their own personal life, and I understand that everybody has their professional life. I get that. But if the WWE starts now making a distinction between, you know, Rebecca Quinn and Becky Lynch, right, now Ring of Honor has to do the same thing. And then yeah. Impact has to do the same thing. And Lucha Underground, they they pretty much already do that um, yeah. on a much lesser scale, yeah. right? But then you're going to have to have the NWA doing the same thing. You're going to have to have MLW doing the same thing. You're going to have to have Championship Wrestling of Hollywood doing the same thing. You're going to have to have all these other companies that follow suit just because the WWE has done it because the WWE has now broken that barrier. So Very for true. me, I, I, I don't think that that's it's, it's a good idea, but I don't think that I would ever want to see it come to that because I I like having that that allure of, wow, Rebecca Quinn. Who's that? No, it's Becky Lynch. Yeah. Right. Like I mentioned before, Carl, it's it's such a strange kind of double-edged sword when it comes to social media, you know, especially in the independent scene, like I've mentioned before, that, you know, a wrestler can really make a name for themselves, establish a brand, and really get yourself out there. And then at the same time, you know, depending on what you say and what you do, it can really adversely affect you as well, right? So it, it's uh, right in that fine line in between. It, it can be very difficult. Very much so. So that's a product of the day that uh, the age that we live in, and we'll, we'll see how it uh, kind of unfolds going forward. Of how can they can maybe, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So next up, something uh, very interesting happened recently in WWE, 
a returning person has come back to the company in the form of Bruce Pritchard, of all people. The, to me, this is uh, very much a surprise. And I think going forward, could be something really positive for them. I think as well, it definitely can be something positive. Uh, Bruce Pritchard has come in, and I do believe that it is for uh, to be like head of creative is what this is for. Yeah. This isn't in any type of um, you know backstage type of mentorship or anything like that. This is really to kind of work with the content and work with the storylines and work with you know how things are going to be presented out there uh bruce pritchard is a man that has been in the business for a long time he knows what he's doing and i think that it's going to be a very good fit for bruce pritchard to return to the wwe in a creative capacity yeah i mean they brought in some real powerhouse names you know just the the, the big three that we've mentioned recently you know bruce pritchard we have abyss and sanjay dutt now you know it's uh there's something quite the team there and I think it's going to take a little while for some of their ideas to kind of get implemented and whatnot. Like with the recent uh, thing with, with Batista uh, appearing on Raw, everybody was quick on the bandwagon to hop on. Oh, this is all Bruce Pritchard's doing. I will go on record for saying I think that this was all Batista, Triple H, and Ric Flair. Uh, I will guarantee you that Rick was the first to say, I will take this for you. I will uh, get you over as a heel. Yeah, I, I, I would have freedom. to agree with that. I don't think that that was a Bruce Pritchard idea at all. I think that was that this is probably something that has been talked about and in the works for at least six months already. So everybody jumping on that's Bruce Pritchard's yeah. doing. No. Well, going back to SmackDown 1000, that's when they first kind of planned that little seed of the, that they're happening where uh, Triple H is and uh, or Batista saying, you know, you've done everything in this business, Triple H except for beat me, right? And then they planted that little seed there. And it was just nice for them to, to actually cultivate that seed later on down the road. And I'm really curious to see, and we'll get into that, uh, that topic a little bit more uh, lately, but that's a, it's an interesting angle. And one of the positive things that I've, uh, you know, been giving WWE props for recently, which is does it hasn't really all happened all that often lately. So I'm very curious to see how that's all going to turn out. Now, something else that's uh, making a bit of a comeback is it looks like going into Fastlane, which is kind of our break between what's happened previously and WrestleMania, we're looking at potentially another Shield reunion here, Carl. Wow. Right. Very underwhelming feeling. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, they've gone through, they've done the Shield how many times now? This will be what, the third, the third reincarnation of the Shield? I get it. People people like the shield. It's it's cool. You know, the theme music was awesome. The way that they came down to the ring was really cool. You know, they just the look that they had, everything was really great, but everybody has really moved on. Mm-hmm. Really the only one that is still carrying and embodying anything having to do with the shield is Mr. Roman Reigns himself. He's the only one that still really feels as though it's a shield type of allure to him Seth Rollins has moved on he's gone on to do other different things we now have uh, you know Dean Ambrose who is essentially like a uh, a rebel type of character he's like the James Dean right now of the WWE he's just off on a world of his own and doing good things for himself as well They've they've all moved on from this whole shield thing, and and to bring them back together again, I think is just a real shame. The timing is too soon, and with Roman just coming back and having that real feel good moment on Raw, to already be thrust back into this, you know, seemingly for the you know, it's like they just want to make a a cash grab on some more merchandise or something. It just, it feels too soon. And to give Roman all the props, you know, he did fantastic to, to come back, but I don't think he's quite ready to get thrown back into to the fire already. I don't think so either. I, I think that this is, is something he had the availability to take off as much time as he, as he wanted or needed to. Yep. And I think that he really should have, I think that uh, it's a case of him really needing to make sure 100% that he is okay. I'm sure that he has made more than enough money to be able to take 6, 8, 10, 
12 months off if he needed yeah. to. And then we could have had him return in a huge aspect. We, we don't need Roman Reigns for anything at WrestleMania. Nope. We could go by and do things without Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. There are so many other guys that are on the roster that can that can help boost Mania that we didn't need to hurry back. Roman Reigns, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's, you know... We'll see. I just I hope that they don't. If they do, really, and I, I could see, you know, Roman really wanted to, to get back in there. He might just be excited, and you know, he wanted to get back to to doing what he lo- what he loves to do. You know, and, and that could be uh, something there too. But for me, just like he he got when he came back out to say that uh, you know he that he's good to go again. Like he got the best and the loudest reaction he's ever gotten his entire career. To me, just why would you so quickly throw him back into a position that could potentially get him booed out of the building again? You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. And so I I just hope you know because uh, they. Uh, there's a right way to go about this, and I'm just I'm afraid that they're just they're too eager to get him back into there, and I think that they just need to hold off a little bit. You got a good thing, you, you got there, you finally got the reaction that you wanted of him. Just just leave him be for now, you know. Maybe just have him be a guest appearance. He doesn't need to get in and work just yet. Just let it be, WWE. Please, yeah. just let it be. <laughs> let let us love Roman Reigns for who he is, please. Yeah, <laughs> right. I can say. All right, well, going from that to an exciting tournament uh, coming up, they announced recently the Dusty Rhodes Classic Tournament, Carl. Yeah, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Yes. Coming at us yet again. We we were going to go through and, and, and really talk about some predictions here, and unfortunately my prediction that I had for this entire thing is um, probably not going to happen. Now, yeah. um, the biggest team that I could really think of in this entire uh, classic that's going to be happening is Gargano and Ciampa. Uh, un- unfortunately, it seems as though Tommaso Ciampa has now kind of been injured and is uh, has been working through injury and is probably going to be taking a little bit of a step back. So things are now probably going to have to change for that. From here now, I have absolutely no clue as to who I would even predict to win this. If I had to pick from the, the list of teams that I've seen, you know, the, the one that, that that's kind of interesting, you know, in the first round you have the Undisputed Era against uh, Ciampa and Gargano. I mean, you, you have two teams there that you're really pushing, and somebody's going to get uh, lost, uh, kicked out rather early. So I'm interested to see how that turns out. But my pick to win the whole thing, and it's going to really seem like a dark horse pick, but whenever I watch these guys, especially recently, I'm really enjoying – watching them work and they're full of a charisma. And I'm going to mainly mention the one half of the Tate Montez Ford, of the street profits. Those guys are really, really doing well. And he is so charismatic and he's a great worker in the ring too. My, my pick to win this whole thing is the street profits. Wow. Yeah. I think that they're ready for that push and you know, they've been, they've been working hard and, and they're entertaining to watch in the ring, especially that Montez Ford. He, he's, he's going to be something coming up eventually at some point, I hope. And yeah, I'm gonna say either them and my my second pick would maybe be, you know, it's right in their name. They've been kind of forgotten lately. Maybe their forgotten sons can maybe get a shot there as well. Because uh, of course we have a bit of a vested interest there. Gunner was of course our first guest on this uh, podcast, so uh, would lo- love to see them get a little uh, rub there as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think if if I were to really go with anyone else, I think that's exactly who it would be. Um, the Forgotten Sons, I think, 100%. They, they Now that we know that uh, Chapa is, is, is you know, kind of injured, and I think we're going to see in this first round now, we're going to see, um, you know, the Undisputed Era get the win over and, and yeah. continue on into the tournament here. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's hard. Just so that everybody knows, we, we've got teams um, from – all across NXT uh, universe, really. Um, So, I mean, we've got Mustache Mountain that's going to be in there against the Street Profits. Uh, We have Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. They're going to be taking on the Forgotten Sons. From there, we have DIY versus Undisputed Era. 
And then we also have, uh, which is kind of weird that this tag team has really kind of quickly come together and is working well, Alistair Black and Ricochet Mm -hmm. taking on Fabian Archer and Marcel Barthel. Um, So, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. This is going to be a a, a really – it's going to be a clinic. You're really going to see tag teams that are going out there. They all have a little bit of a different style when it comes to the way that they work, especially looking at like, um, you know, Mustache Mountain and Street Profits. Street Profits go out there and they're more of the uh, the rough and tough kind of guys that go out there, whereas Mustache Mountain, more the the technical aspect of things. Um, Even even Fabian Archer and Marcel Barthel, uh, the two of them are more like mat technicians as opposed to the – high-flying style of Ricochet or the brute style of Aleister Black. So lots of good matches coming up here, but now that I know DIY will probably be out of it, I would like to see the Forgotten Sons get it. Yeah, it's an interesting tournament. Uh, I like the way that they've kind of set up. The only kind of bizarre thing was leading up to them announcing the first half of the bracket. It was very odd that we about they they said you know we're gonna have this big announcement this week. That's how how they word it. And of course, then you know the internet's losing their mind, right? They're thinking, okay, you know NXT and Two Hundred Five Live are gonna merge or something else is gonna happen, and then just went, oh, it's the Dusty Classic. Right? They 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 kind of were they led us to believe it was gonna be this big thing, and then. Not that the Dusty Rose Classic isn't a, isn't a cool thing, but just they, they, they kind of set that low expectation there. I don't, I don't want to say I was disappointed, but it was kind of like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, it was more of a, uh, you know, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Well, we've already we've already had the Dusty Rhodes yeah. Classic. Yeah, cool, we get it. Yeah. There was there's nothing really different about this year's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic from any other year. So, yeah, I mean, it was they built it up and built it up and built it up. And then it was it was kind of underwhelming just to find out that, you know, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic is is returning and coming back again, which speculation was always there that it was going to be coming back anyways. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, we see WWE do that a lot, though. They'll, They'll really start to, you know, build up to this big announcement and this huge thing that's going to be happening. All for a cheap and quick pop. Oh, boy. Well, going from that, uh, and of course, uh, the winner of that tournament is going to be facing the War Raiders for the NXT Tag Team Championships on WrestleMania weekend. But also yes. happening on WrestleMania weekend, we're going to have the WWE Hall of Fame. No, And we have a couple new inductees that uh, have been announced, Carl. That's right. We need to let everybody know, first off, that the first announced people going into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2019 is going to be D-Generation X. Mm-hmm. You listened to the last podcast. We already talked about that and our thoughts on D-Generation X getting in there. Just shortly after that, we had got another name. And just today has been announced another person going in there so we have a male superstar from years ago going in there the honky tonk man is another inductee into the 2019 class of the hall of fame joe tell us who this next person is after the honky tonk man yeah of course we have tori wilson going in for the women's side. So very interesting. There are some very diverse picks that are going in. There definitely is. While talking a little bit here about the Hall of Fame, I want your thoughts on inductees to be the people to induct. So who do you think is going to be the one to induct the honky tonk man into the Hall of Fame? Oh, that's an interesting one. Uh, of course, you know, for those who maybe aren't aware, of course, honky tonk man, probably one of the longest reigning intercontinental champions of all time. And of course, yeah. had the infamous guitar uh, gimmick as well, which, you know, isn't mutually exclusive to the honky tonk man. But, uh, you know, it's very interesting. I mean, you know, there are a few different picks. If, if you wanted to go with a really dark horse pick, uh, as unlikely it would, as it would possibly be, maybe a Jake the Snake Roberts could be a bit of a one out of left field. But, uh, you know, given the history with those two guys together, it might be a bit of a stretch. But uh, I think that um, what you could potentially see 
would be, like I mentioned, the, the guitar gimmick. Maybe have Jeff Jarrett uh, induct the, the Honky Tonk Man and maybe try and uh, link up something there. Maybe you can have, uh, you know, do a guitar type thing there with those two. Good picks. Very good picks. I, I agree with the Jeff Jarrett. I think a Jeff Jarrett would be pretty awesome. Yep. I think, though, that we may kind of see an old and a young combination going on. And I think it could possibly be Elias, hmm. who has really taken on and embodied that whole guitar playing role within the WWE my pick, if I were the one to choose, I think that I would really put Elias in that. The only other person that just comes to mind, which, of course, we know when the Hunky Talk Man lost the Intercontinental to the Ultimate Warrior, what you could maybe potentially do if you wanted to include her is you have Dana Warrior come out uh, in sort of representation of the Ultimate Warrior to induct Hunky Talk Man as well. That's maybe another way they can approach it to include her because uh, she likes to be part of the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony there. Well, she is always part of it with the Warrior Award. Yep. So. so now we get to the other side of things, and we have Tori Wilson yeah. going into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2019. I'm going to start off this one here, Joe. I think that I want to see Dawn Marie be the one to induct Tori Wilson. Just given the history that the two of them had, the storyline that was going on with Don Marie becoming, you know, Tori Wilson's stepmother through marriage and all of this that really happened. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that the perfect fit for that would be Don Marie. Or we go a little bit more classic with things and maybe have Trisha Lita. Mm -hmm. So now, who do you see or who would you like to see uh -huh. be the one to induct Tori Wilson? I definitely like the Don Marie pick. I think that's a good one. That, that makes some sense. Um, the, the male wrestling fan in me that likes to see women wrestlers that, are, that look very attractive would like to see maybe a Stacey Keebler inducted Tori Wilson. I think you would have two gorgeous women on stage together. <laughs> that's a, a good um, thing there from the, uh, you know, the, the fan that likes to see women wrestlers. I think that that would be my pick. I think uh, you have Stacey Keebler, which is always a hit with the fans, induct Tori Wilson, who is also a huge hit with the male wrestling fans. There you go. There you go. I think that would get a pretty good pop. So, uh, yeah, we'll be uh, interested to see how that unfolds. And we still have some more names to go to. We don't know who else is getting in just yet. So be uh, looking right. forward to that. And we'll, we'll definitely mention those when they happen. Now, we had mentioned, of course, early in the program that uh, – Last week, Batista made an appearance on Raw to potentially set up this match with Triple H and Triple H, or I mean Batista, sorry. And um, and one of the segments that I, you know that I've really praised recently. And um, how would you go about continuing to set up uh, to build this match towards WrestleMania? I think you just continue to have Batista take out anyone that is associated with Triple H. I don't think that we need to really dive into it immediately. We don't need to really go full force, teeth sunk in. We don't need to do that right now. We don't need to have Batista go, yeah, and now because of that, I want you Triple H and get out here and we're going to do this. We don't need that. Slowly build to it. We still have fast lane to go through. Yeah. Will we see Batista on fast lane? No, we shouldn't. We should maybe see a little spot happen, though. Maybe, you know, Batista taking out someone else close to Triple H. We're going to have all the superstars there from Raw and SmackDown. We're going to have people from NXT there as well. NXT being Triple H's baby, right? Yeah. So that's, I think, the way that you do it. You just have him continuously take out every week someone that is close to Triple H and then you have Triple H fly off the handle and go, I've had it. I'm going to take you out. Those are definitely some great ideas. And one thing that I would add to that is at some point, you know, given that Batista, you know, wrong, uh, he, he he hurt Ric Flair in that whole deal there. I think at some point you need to, whether it's on Raw or SmackDown, doesn't matter. Maybe not on XT. I, I don't know if that would be the appropriate platform, but on, on Raw or SmackDown. Or maybe potentially at Fastlane, who knows? Is you just you 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 march Rick out there and you hand him a microphone and you let him just go full nature boy on Batista and just saying Hunter's coming to get you at WrestleMania. He's coming to get you. 
And you just have Rick just tear Batista apart on the microphone. And that would be cool as well. So in, in, in your scenario, do you see things um, taking a bit of a step back right now and they're not really being hmm. a, uh, uh, anything further from Batista and Triple H at this point for a couple of weeks? And then we come in with the angle of, you know, all of a sudden Ric Flair is there on yeah. Raw. And, uh, you know, woo, the music hits and then out comes Ric Flair going yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And this is how long it's taken me to recover. Well, I think they, they could potentially do. I, I think that the, the physical stuff, I think, is going to go down at Fastlane. And I think the other person that's going to be involved, I think people are maybe forgetting. But I, Randy Orton, I think he's going to – Randy Orton has always, you know – Looked up to, to Ric Flair, and I see him not necessarily starting a rivalry with, with Batista because obviously he's going to be having a feud with, with Triple H. I think you have Randy just being Randy, and he, he just he, – it's payback for Rick, and he just it's – it's an arcade of nowhere. It's something that he does to Batista, just that, that one-time thing, boom, this is payback. I could see that. Um, I think that that would really diminish the credibility of Batista, though. It could. Um, it could. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's the the only thing that I see yeah. that could go wrong with that is now people are going to be like, oh, well, this sucks because Randy Orton just took yeah. out Batista with an RKO, yeah, right. That's I think that's the the, the only thing. Yeah. If they turn if they turn that around though, and they have Batista, you know, kind of take out backstage and manhandle Randy Orton, that could you know, as Randy Orton's coming out for a match or something, yeah. right? Then I think it kind of leads a little bit more towards, you know, because as as you said earlier, um, the Raw or SmackDown 1000, they already kind of alluded to this yeah. a little bit, you know, with Batista saying, "You've beaten everybody except me," yep. right? So now this is this is the way to really build on that and go. I, I want you for I, I, I want to take you on in a match at WrestleMania. Here's the way that I'm going to be doing it. I am taking out absolutely everybody that you have an association with yeah. to show you that I am serious. And then you could maybe, to tweak my idea, you you have maybe uh, Randy kind of riding that fence because, like you had mentioned, that SmackDown 1000 bit. Like going back to, again, when you watch that segment, you see Randy, like there's everybody in front. Randy's kind of behind. And there was almost that one point I'm like, oh, Randy, Randy's going to do like he's getting ready to go into that RKO kind of stance, right? He, but, but he didn't, right? So I think you have maybe him be that kind of guy riding in the middle trying to take both sides or something like that. There's a lot of different ways that you could uh, do this. But I think that the key is to, to keep Batista looking strong as that aggressive yeah. heel. And make, make strong. I, I think my initial idea there, I think maybe weaken him a little bit. So we'll, we'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll retract that idea. <laughs> well, you're not necessarily retracting. You're just taking an Tweaking. idea and building on it. Exactly. That's what we do. So I, I think that uh, some people aren't really all excited or kind of down on this thing. The, I think that the, the build's going to be exciting to watch. And I think that done properly, you know, it could potentially be a really good match. I, I want to see it just be a straight up match. It doesn't need to be a gimmick match between these two guys. I think they're a little too old for it. You know, they can just go out and then just, just have a match and settle it in the ring. And, you know, it, we don't need to add all this other stuff in there too much. Yeah, you don't. So speaking more of WrestleMania, we, of course, I've mentioned previously in another episode thinking about, well, is The Undertaker going to have a match at WrestleMania? I think we pretty much came to a consensus that likely not going to happen. The other person that uh, we need to discuss coming into WrestleMania is, of course, Mr. Can't See Him. Mr. John Cena, is he going to have a match at WrestleMania this year? I think the better question is, should he have a match at WrestleMania? Yes. Will he? Yeah, probably, because it's John Cena. Mm -hmm. Because he's that name with the kids. He's that draw with the children. Yep, he will have a match at WrestleMania. What will that match be? Who knows? I've seen some speculations out there, and I'm not going to get into any of them because I'm going to wait for an official announcement. Okay. Now, should he be? No. No. If I had to pick somebody to do something... I would. I know it's a bit of a stretch, and it might be too soon with him, but I think it'll revolve around if he walks out of that show with the Tyler. And I'm talking about Velveteen Dream at the 
NXT TakeOver match, if he drops that North American title on that show, I think that if there's somebody for Cena to have a match with, I think it could be the Velveteen Dream. I think that there's a potential there for some excitement. Yeah, there definitely could be. That uh, That is something that could really... I, that, that would be a draw, mm-hmm. 100%. That would be a huge yeah. draw. Um, the only problem... I'm just at the point now where... You know, I just I, I I don't need to see John Cena anymore. Yeah. You've got all these other talents. You've got all these other guys that are out there that that can take over that John Cena type esque role. Yeah. Let them do it. Yeah. Let me word it to you this way: Is it time for to, for Cena to have a retirement match, or should he just kind of fade away into wrestling obscurity? Cena's going through and doing a whole bunch of other different things. I mean, he's going and doing different, um, you know, movies and TV and, and all of this different stuff. And, I mean, he's on the Nickelodeon channel yeah. with, you know, some of those kids there all the time. Keep him in that type of a role and and bring him in just as a special little appearance once in a while on a, on a special Raw or a special SmackDown. You know, like uh, – Ric Flair's birthday happened, you know, bring him in into Ric Flair's birthday celebration somehow. Uh, do we need to see him in a match capacity on big pay-per-views or any pay-per-view to be honest? No, I don't think we really need that anymore. There are more than enough guys that can go out there and do that, yeah. that we don't need to have Cena in that role anymore. Let him be that special attraction let him be that name to draw people. If you're having low numbers on uh, ticket sales for uh, Raw, advertise that John Cena is going to be there. You'll see tickets yeah. go, and people will buy the tickets to go to see John Cena. So you, do you just kind of see him kind of just slowly fading away and not just having like one big career-ending match? I mean, definitely, he could have a career-ending match at some point. Yeah. Um, but I think that they they're really using things in a good way right now with him, you know, going off and doing these television spots and doing these movies and and you know being more of an advocate for the WWE. Yeah. Do we do we need to put him into retirement or put him out to pasture and obscurity? No, he's still useful. Yeah. Use him in that capacity still as a WWE superstar. When you go out there and, and you go to, to different events and stuff like that, to hear WWE Hall of Famer or, you know, former WWE whatever, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't have the same effect as, as hearing WWE superstar John Cena in appearance, right? As opposed to you know, just former former WWE superstar John Cena. You know what I mean? I definitely like that idea. And I think, too, that you could tie that into the whole Fox thing when uh, when they go over to, to Fox with SmackDown. I think that you could definitely, you know, tie that in with Cena as well. You know, have him, uh, you know, he's he'll likely at that point be doing some shows with Fox in some capacity. And then there's your, your, your link with the two of them together and you have him be kind of like an in-between. I think that could definitely work, in the, especially in the capacity that the WWE is as a company now these days. I think it uh, definitely works. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to take a brief break here, Carl, and we're going to come back with a very special showstopper segment this week where we will have something very special to announce about us going forward. That's right. Okay, we'll be right back, guys. Independent contractors in the professional wrestling industry, if you're looking for a way to put the power of the media in your own hands, contact Pinned LLC. Pinned LLC is media and marketing for the professional wrestling industry. It's your one-stop, one-click online profile and so much more. With Pinned, you'll receive a full background story, photo gallery, an interview conducted with you, links to all your social media and where you can be booked, and yes, a 60-second custom television commercial all about you. Get more info today. Email pin.biz at gmail.com. That's pin.biz at gmail.com. Or click the icon at thegorillaposition.com to get more info about PIN. Remember, get connected, get booked, get PIN.
Hey guys, this is the mad one, the master of the mosh, Mad Max Morrison. And you're listening to Joe and Carl on Turnbuckle Talk. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys. And as promised, we have special news for you guys. This is amazing for us. I mean, you guys that have been with us from the beginning have known that we went through. We were on online radio. We came through and we went branched out onto our own. We started our own thing. We have grown from there. We were approached by somebody from thegorillaposition.com. We are proud to be part of that network on the Roar Network with thegorillaposition.com. And now something brand new that is coming out. Joe, tell us, what have we got that is so special? Yeah, of course, now we are not only proud part of the Roar Network. We are now being presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Of course, we've had Jargo and Rick on both on the podcast a few times now. And I thought for the showstopper segment this week, we would bring them on to the podcaster, Carl, because when uh, I had Rick on a little while ago, a kind of topic kind of gave birth here involving Joy Ryan Undertaker of all people because we know that Undertaker is going to be appearing at StarCast. So we figured we would come on here and talk about a topic that I don't think anybody has even remotely thought about that's right guys before we go any further we need to welcome on to the show the man himself the one who is the statistical genius we have mike jargo and then we have got the world's greatest charlotte flair fan we have got with us rick vickery the Biggest fan of Sharshar, as he affectionately likes to call her. I don't understand why, but yeah, okay, it's Charlotte Flair. Yay, Charlotte Flair. We have got Jargo and Rick Vickery here on the podcast with us for our debut on the HTM or Hitting the Marks Network. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. This is going to be an interesting conversation. Well, I hate to inform you that actually I'm here to cancel your show. Uh, this might be the premiere, but uh, you're only getting the one segment. That's it, man. You guys are done. Yeah. Actually, no. We The honest to God answer is we brought you guys onto the network to, to kind of balance out the PW hustle. You guys are polite and the hustle is, well, the PW hustle. <laughs> no, I'm kidding again. Hey, guys, if I could add on to what Jargo was saying there, you know, it's, you know thank you so much for joining us over on – uh, the Hitting the Marks podcast network. Uh, and what this thing has been, you know, this you know began with, you know, as you guys have started in this podcasting game, it, it was just, you know, a passion project for Jargo and myself. And, and we, at this point now, as much as we've grown, uh, we, we, we're always having a conversation that we can't believe that we've made it this far, didn't think that we would. And, and we're to the point now where we have, you know, no pun intended, we just have this network of tremendous personalities diverse personalities and we wanted to provide a unique and a little bit of a different platform to bring all of us together uh and Jarko was kind of alluding there hey we have got personalities all over the spectrum it, it, all over the globe literally I mean, we, we just you know we picked up a show coming from with our tables uh after the chairs from the uk uh we've got robin nelson who you know specializes in, in just interviews you know he's a guy that likes to get out there and just yeah. kind of enjoy professional wrestling for professional wrestling and see it through the eyes of the great talents. Uh, we have you guys in your great perspective, Joe, with, you know, your technical prowess and Carl, who's been in there taking the bumps, you know, who can give us that insider information. Uh, we got the PW hustle, you know, who uh, they're like the bizarro Jargo and I, they're the, the ethnic group to our, uh, our just humbled white asses here in the Midwest. <laughs> but it, it, all these different personalities are going to come together uh, and create this amazing network, and we've got some, you know, some big things in store going ahead. And I know we couldn't be happier to have you guys with us. Yeah, of course. So let's get, get into this topic here, guys. And I'm trying to think back, and I, I don't know exactly how this kind of idea all came about. I think it just it's, it just kind of happened organically, uh, strangely enough. Of we know Undertaker is going to be at Starcast, and then we're thinking, you know, you know they've done the Druid stuff with Undertaker, and then we went, oh my god, there's you know, this thing that happened at All In with Joey Ryan and we're making a connection. Is there any chance in hell that Undertaker gets involved with this madness at all? 
depends on how much money he wants to make. I think this is actually the pairing of the two greatest gimmick performers of our lifetimes. I honestly believe that Joey Ryan being mindlessly murdered by Hangman Page was the angle of 2018. Look at Joey Ryan's freaking career. Yeah, he's got the dick spot, but he was over before that, too. Let's not forget that Joey Ryan did have a WWE run at one point. It's just the dick spot caught on. Okay, so we're going to do the dick spot. I think that this is a match made in heaven. I would love to see The Undertaker be resurrected one last time and, and come out and have a spot with Joey Ryan. Now, I don't think this needs to happen at double or nothing. And all I'm talking about is probably about a 30-second spot. He doesn't even necessarily have to go all the way to the ring. Like, I could see him force choking Joey Ryan's penis from the stage. And I think it would be the most hilarious thing that you've ever seen. Now, but I don't think this should happen at Double or Nothing. I think this should happen at StarCast. Like, you know, if we're going to do a stage show with The Undertaker and we're doing Talking Dead, right, and he's taking questions from the audience, I want to see Joey Ryan ask the question to The Undertaker. You You think you're man enough for it? And then have Undertaker flip Joey Ryan, like, from across the room. It would be fantastic stuff. I'd pay yep. for the pay-per-view yep. just to see that 30-second spot. Uh, I would definitely agree with you, Jargo, on that. I think that you, know, you have The Undertaker and Joey Ryan. I think two of the guys that have bought into the character are probably better and more probably than anybody else. I mean, you know, and, it's, and they're both believable, but for entirely different reasons on completely different ends of the spectrum too, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the, the only thing that they have in common is they both like being res erected. Again, yes. I mean, the whole thing is just nuts when you really think about it. <laughs> Lots of puns on this uh, episode here. You, you know, hold on. I, I was going to let Carl over here, but I, I want to throw one thing in here. We're talking about two great gimmicks. You know, you know what's also great? Hot dogs and cottage cheese. I don't want them together, okay? that That's just not right. It's not natural. <laughs> You're going to – they're both – they're great on their own. Let's not bring them together and ruin what we have, a beautiful thing here. And that is what you would be doing even in a 30-second spot. To, to what this needs to the Undertaker, and almost you'd be sacrificing all the years of what the man stood for to give a rub to one of the lamest current gimmicks on the market. Wait, what was what was that? Undertaker would be giving the rub there's, to Joey Ryan. There are no saying? rubs. There See, are no rubs to be given by Undertaker. See, there's just no way to word it. I, I think definitely there could be a little bit of a rub going on. Will there be any tugging? No. But a rub, possibly. Do I agree with it? No, I don't think so. I think I'm, I'm more with, with Rick here. I, The Undertaker has gone through and he has done so much over his career to make himself be the believable character of The Undertaker. The man who people are that deathly afraid of. And Joey Ryan... Kudos to him. He has gone through and done amazing things with what he has been not necessarily given because he's really created all of this and done all of this on his own. And he has made a real name for himself. But I think that that's really a a very comical situation that happens with Joey Ryan. And then you take something as serious as the legacy of The Undertaker to pair it with the comedicness of Joey Ryan, I think, just does not work and shouldn't be shown anywhere. So last year, did you support Undertaker coming out and beating up a drunk John Cena at WrestleMania? <laughs> no. 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 I mean, this, no, this is in the that. same category to me, right? Yeah. John Cena had two beers. He was, he was white drunk. wasted. <laughs> and it's a kind of lent to what Carl is saying here. When we're making these comparisons, and yeah, you know, I've seen some people out there when we talk about Undertaker, you know, it, it was a crazy over-the-top gimmick, but he was so masterful, you know, in within his craft there that yes, but we don't believe, you know, he's shooting, you know, lightning from the ceiling or controlling all those lights, but he represents what is truly magical about professional wrestling that you can believe into that. You believe that there is something mystical truly about the man because he has embodied all of the traditions of professional wrestling. We're having this conversation coming off of the heels of a weekend where we were chastising and absolutely blasting one round of Rousey for her disrespect on social media. And now you're suggesting that one of the all-time greats, the protectors of the flame, should go out uh, and involve himself 
in some chubby poppin' dick spots. Can you not say everything that you said about The Undertaker and apply it to Joey Ryan over the course of the last five years? Joey Ryan, Joey Ryan, as Carl said, represents the comedy aspect. He is what, when you see on ESPN, when they show his clips, everyone is dying laughing. It's become the joke of what professional wrestling is, what it represents. There is still an aura of respect. shooting lightning at people? It's, it's evolved beyond that. He represents the true magic of professional wrestling, what we love about it. He is a, he's evolved far beyond that. He represents the traditions and the values. And we've even seen him recently when he is talking to young young performers, young talents, and he is emphasizing you know, the values of it and how they should be respecting this business. I, I don't see where Joey Ryan disrespects this business. In an age where nobody is drawing money, mm-hmm. Joey Ryan is out there drawing money because people pay to see Joey Ryan, whether you agree with the gimmick what's or his not. Gate? What's his gate? I, what's, his, what's, what's the biggest gate that he's drawn? Hmm. 500 people to bar brawl? Well, I, I know there was 11,000 people in the, Chicago that were sure happy to see a giant inflatable phallus come out and carry him away. You put Joey Ryan on that marquee, you're not selling 11,000. He's selling out a barroom brawl where he's actually being outstaged by a bloody tampon right now. If you do 30 seconds with The Undertaker at StarCast, I guarantee you, you are going to get a metric ton of buys. Yes. On that pay-per-view, as soon as the word gets out, Fight TV is going to blow up if you do a spot with The Undertaker and Joey Ryan. Okay. Here, here, now tell me, does it have to be Joey Ryan? Yes, of course. Why, why do you know anybody else with a magic Ryan? penis? Here's my idea, guys. But you, but you get The Undertaker, who <clears throat> is embodies absolutely everything that is professional wrestling to begin with, and all you need is The Undertaker. All you need is a 30-second spot with The Undertaker by himself, he doesn't need to be there with a Joey Ryan or with a Joey Janela or with a Cody Rhodes or with a, you know, Hangman Page. He doesn't need to be there with anybody else. He just needs to be there by himself. He himself will make the draw. Here's my idea to combine the two. Now, going into this, you have to suspend all disbelief and all all reality going to this, okay? So just, just bear with me for a second. Rick had mentioned the lightning spot. We have Joy Ryan with the the magic penis. You do the spot. It hits Joy Ryan in that spot. He deflects it off back at Undertaker, and Undertaker deflects it back away. There's your spot. Suspend all disbelief. Suspend all disbelief. I like it. The hell was that? Hold on here. I got three three points here, and then I'll let you guys close this one out here. These these are things – this is my three-count point that I would rather have happen than Undertaker be involved in any way with Joey Ryan. I myself, I would rather be castrated. (laughs) That's right. I would sacrifice my own junk to save whatever legacy remains for the dead man. That's my number one. Number two. I would rather find that find out that, that the woman that I opine for, yes, I'm talking about my precious Sharshar. I would rather find out that she actually has a dilly whopper of a fully functional Johnson. I would rather find that out than see Undertaker involved with Joey Ryan here. <laughs> and finally, to close out my argument here, oh. I would rather shoot a home movie starring myself, Nia Jax, and a two-sided vibration device. Wow. I think Jim Cornette would even be jealous of that list. So. Oh man, I don't God know. Uh, I don't know of any better way to actually end that off, guys. That's uh, <laughs> that kind of about says it all. The rest oh, of the mic everybody. has been dropped. Wow. That that there was so much in that in that last little bit. That was that's insane. Yeah, I think everybody's head just exploded, including Jim Cornette. <laughs> We could only be so lucky. Oh man! All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for being on, guys. That was that was a very inter- interesting discussion. I hopefully everybody kind of was able to follow along with that. I know it's a it's an absolutely absurd idea. You know, if they try and do anything with, with the, the two of them, you know, we'll we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Uh, you know, they're passing. I might not even cross, but who knows at this point? I think uh, at Starcast, I think it's definitely where we'll see Undertaker do something. No, don't uh, count on that. I am hearing word that Vince McMahon is not very happy about this, and he's doing everything yeah. he can to get Undertaker out of that well, appearance. It, it, you know, yeah. we we keep saying Undertaker. We're 
where does that trademark lie? I mean, he, I know I know That's he can go as the man Mark Calloway, but how far can he go with that character? Yeah, with WWE not really pulling the reins back on him. That's uh, going to be very telling too. Uh, that, that's something that I'm not really aware of of how that those trademarks work. If he's allowed to appear as himself, or whether he can appear as the Undertaker, that is actually something worth looking into to, to see uh, what the deal is with that. So there you have it, guys. We have just talked with the wonderful guys from the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Give us your opinions. We want to hear from you guys. Go to our social media. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at TV Talk Pod. Let us know what you guys think on the entire situation of The Undertaker having a spot of whatever sorts <laughs> with Joey Ryan. You guys, let us know about your social media and where the people can go and talk to you guys about this issue. Well, not necessarily an issue, but this speculation of sorts. You can hit the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. You can also find the network at HTMPWPod. You can attempt to talk to me at NotJargo across all social media platforms, although chances are I'm not going to talk to you because I don't like talking to people. I just like talking to Huckleberry and on occasion Joe and Carl. That's pretty much it. Huckleberry, how do people oh, find my turn. I was going to let you put everything over there, but if anybody just wants to keep up with, with me and my personal antics, you can check me out across all social media at the real rbv that is rick vickery at the real rbv all right guys that about wraps up for this week but before we go carl we have to make sure and mention our sponsors definitely color and elbowbrand.com where you can get the latest and greatest in wrestling fashion it's a street fashion made for professional wrestling fans by founder and our friend al snow Go and check out collarandelbowbrand.com. Use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and get 10% off your entire order. As well, for those vapors out there like myself, go and check out HypeCityVapors.com. Use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and get 15% off any of the amazing e-juice flavors that they have in stock. And, of course, to listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean. You can find us on Google Play, on iTunes, a lot of those other podcatchers out there as well. And you can also find us on the Roar Network, powered by thegrillposition.com. And as of this week, we are proud to be part of the HTM Podcast Network, where you can find us every single week there as well. That's right. And to follow everything with the latest and greatest in Turnbuckle Talk, make sure you check out our social medias. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all found at TB Talk Pod. All right, we will see you guys on the next one. See you real soon. Thanks for tuning in to Turnbuckle Talk. This is Vinny Da Vinci here with Joe and Carl. All your wrestling information and news coming right at you live here on the podcast.